Hello everyone. Welcome back to Enjoy the Book of Life. We're here today with Rob Brennan and uh, Brother Rob has been a good friend and been able to see just in his life and in our interactions uh, his love for the Lord and his respect for the Word of God. So really looking forward to our conversation. We've got a resource review, a book that you're currently going through. Uh, so what what is this resource? Uh, well, it's a book that was recommended to me by a brother uh, from Vancouver Island a few weeks back, and he uh, said it was the best book that he'd ever read. Hmm. Um, so obviously that's uh, interesting, to say yeah. the least. And so uh, uh, it's entitled The Book That Made Your World. It's uh, offering proof from history, if you will, or uh, many examples from uh, history that prove that it's the Bible that's formed uh, Western civilization's uh, worldview. Uh, mm. You know, he goes to uh, lengths to show that, uh, you know, Western civilization is appealing to people. Yeah. They, uh, you know, people who have um, money in other parts of the world, they want to live in the West. And mm. so there are some benefits to our civilization that, uh, he shows come from the from the Bible, from the Word of God, from that foundation. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I uh, just right there with the recommendation from your friend a few episodes ago. Uh, we were talking with Brother John Biorley, and he talked about one of the best reasons to look into a book is from high recommendations of godly believers, people you know. Mm -hmm. that uh, love the Lord and have a respect for the Word of God. And when they highly recommend a book, uh, you have uh, less likely a chance of wasting mm -hmm. your time with it. Right. So right there, yeah. that's that's right. great. So really interesting topic. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the um, main uh, points, main uh, yeah, points of emphasis uh, throughout the book? Okay, well, I... What I find interesting, there's lots of um, lots of things he talks about that I don't necessarily understand, but uh, I like his foundation, first of all, that uh, he bases uh, this worldview in the first few chapters of Genesis and shows that mm. um, that you know the beginning of the Bible sets the foundation for the way that we live. Uh, he talks about uh, he he he's indian so he's very familiar with the hindu culture mm. and, and so he's easily able to contrast that that world view or the Hin, hindu's world view to uh western civilization he actually worked uh worked as a missionary in, with untouchables and showed that actually that whole caste system uh, the idea that uh, hindu people were not exercised to you know, to help the outcasts and the no caste people and the lower caste people. He said that was a, an issue of the heart. Mm. Uh, and again, that was from what they believed. Uh, you know, that was the source of it. And so he has lots of examples of that. And so uh, I guess what I really appreciated about it was this idea that, that um, it uh, encouraged, stimulated, challenged me to uh, to love my neighbor, and that—that's mm. the essence. And, and really, said that this this concept in in Western civilization has been it, not not the like we say it's being undermined. We see it, but he says not everywhere in America. You mm. know, uh, 
there are still places in the U.S. where you can, um, your neighbor will help you if you're on the side of the street. Yeah. And uh, uh, he said, hey, that's that's thanks to the Bible that mm. your neighbor pulls over and helps you on the side of the road. Right. He said, these other places, uh, that's that's not the norm. Not mm. saying that they haven't, those, even the Indian culture has been influenced. He said, you know, the Bible has has been influential in the Indian culture too. But uh, so this idea of loving your neighbor, uh, doing good, he's, this is what uh, Western civilization in the past at least has been about. So that's uh, very stimulating to me thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I was reading uh, a book by G.K. Chesterton and he talks, he, he, he talks specifically, this is why I bring it up, about with the Hindu caste system and how it seems optimistic in mm-hmm. the long run mm-hmm. right you do good mm-hmm. you're reincarnated as better you right. do good yeah right and and it seems like such a a positive force right mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. should motivate you to do good mm-hmm. you're higher up higher mm-hmm. up right and he says but then you see the effects of it mm-hmm. and it's so detrimental right mm-hmm. with the the mm-hmm. caste system those who are outcasts and, mm-hmm. and not in you right and Actually, you don't want to help people because this is their punishment for not doing good in a right. previous right. life, right? right. So right. actually, it has a very negative effect. Whereas, going back to Genesis, we believe in the fall. Yeah. And this seems so pessimistic mm-hmm. compared to this idea of castes and reincarnation. But with the doctrine of the fall, I realize that everyone around me needs help just like i need help Mm -hmm. because i'm fallen Mm -hmm. i struggle Mm -hmm. i need that help Mm -hmm. and i can uh he uses the word pity but this idea of of um uh realizing the stumbles of others uh, because i myself has have stumbled so Mm -hmm. i can pity them Mm -hmm. because i know i'm subject to those same failures Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and in the same way I don't lift anyone up too high because I know they're fallen just like me. Mm-hmm. And so we look in the Bible and we see this idea of the fall and it's like, oh, that's so pessimistic. Mm-hmm. But then out of it come these, this, like you were saying, this idea of doing good. Mm-hmm. I really like how um, these concepts, he's talking about history. He's talking about um, you know some pretty big ideas, mm-hmm. the, the flow of, history you know history and and culture but it he ties it in really practically and that seems to be what you've latched on to the most right well um you know he ties back to genesis food Mm. okay food uh actually there's lots in the first three chapters in genesis about food um you know the trees good for food and a garden tending planting uh, eating is a, uh, uh, you know, I think I, I counted in, in, in the first three chapters, like 22 times wow. it's about eating. Wow. And so, uh, he shows that, that, you know, this idea of feeding my neighbors actually, uh, uh, you know, he uses an illustration that the Taj Mahal was built, uh, in the 15, 1600s, you know, this time period. And, uh, you know, something like that, I forget the date exact, but something like that. And, he said there were 22,000 slaves used to build wow. the Taj Mahal, you know, one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was basically a, a shrine for his dead wife. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't to help humanity. Right. It was to be something glorious. And so 
uh, not even a hundred years later, uh, you know, the famine of the, whatever they call it, the, the 1700s, they have a name for it, uh, between 10 and 30 million Indians died of starvation. Uh, uh, you know, one writer, he quotes that the carcasses were just stacked up on the side of the road, rotting flesh, nobody to bury them, mm. uh, continual disease, just a disaster. And, and so he said, here, here's these slaves building the Taj Mahal, nobody's storing up food. And so then he links, you know, that to the story of Joseph in Genesis. You know, that's what Pharaoh was doing. He was building tombs and monuments himself. And and so, uh, you know, when Joseph comes before Pharaoh, he says, um, instead of building tombs, why don't you build some warehouses yeah. and store grain in them so when the famine comes, you'll have food. And Pharaoh said, you're the smartest man we ever met. And yet it seems something so basic. But mm -hmm. uh, And so he shows that even uh, now you go, you know, 1700 AD, this is 2,500 years or, you know, no, it's more than that. Uh, however many years later that is, men still haven't learned that. And so he mm -hmm. said, even that, the idea of storing up and feeding our neighbor, he goes on, that leads to him bringing up Cyrus McCormick, you know, uh, they call him the father of modern agriculture. What did mm. he do? He built a, a harvester to harvest grain. You know, mm. an American. And, uh, and and why the Indian brother is so partial to uh, Cyrus McCormick is because Cyrus McCormick's widow uh, funded the university that trained him in India. And, mm. and this is a brother, a Christian. Cyrus McCormick was a born-again believer. And uh, he had this, uh, you know, he felt this God-given... Uh, commission mandate to help his neighbors feed themselves and so mm. he built the harvester and uh, and modernized or revolutionized the uh, farming in in uh, well North America but uh, certainly became in the world you know he sold his harvesters all over the world and so he mm. used that money that he made to help people and like the brother who wrote the book and so uh, you know even something as basic as food he so says that hey that was you know um, that found its foundation in the Bible. Yeah, we see that in Genesis, but then we see it trickling through uh, all the way till we get to the teachings of Jesus and, and the early church, this idea that, you know, you're supposed to leave so much of your field so that yeah. the stranger, the foreigner, they, they can eat too, or, yeah. or even your own oxen, letting them stop and eat yeah, while yeah, they're yeah, working. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. yeah, so you see all those really tie in together yeah uh, you mentioned the father of agriculture and and very often we see in the past um, christians at the forefront of technology you know i think of gutenberg mm -hmm. and the press mm -hmm. the whole reason was to mm -hmm. print the bible mm -hmm. um and and how i i find that invigorating you mm -hmm. know that we need christians who are pushing the bounds to further the work of God, yeah. Even if that means feeding your neighbor, right, as, right, as a spiritual work, right. And I think that's what uh, I think that's one of the things when I read uh, him is uh, is that he does that. It's not just in it's not just in food. It's in education, which we say, well, we have no trouble seeing that. I mean, we're to teach. That's an easy verse. They he takes it a step further. He talks politics and talks about. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Wilberforce and mm -hmm. uh, what they did for slavery. I mean, that was in British Parliament. You yeah. know, he has lots to say about that. I'm like, man, you know, we need some potentially some more thinking on. I'm not saying run for 
yeah, president, right, but I right. think these guys in the past generation certainly they uh, they were uh, way way more involved in their societies than I am. Mm. Right? Yeah. Is that is that true? Uh, we see some good examples of that mm -hmm. uh, all the way through. Uh, I was just going to mention with education. Uh, I am a teacher. I got my um, education here at Mississippi State. And, uh, one of the, the we learned about the first education law in the United States. Do you know what it was called? No. The Old Deluder Satan Act. What? That was the first education law in the United States, and it was. Uh, mandating that every child be able to read so that they could read their Bible yeah, wow. so that the old deluder Satan couldn't trick them. Right. right? right. So that they could be grounded in the Word of God. So that right. the foundation of education in the United States was learning to read the Bible. Yeah. 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 Well, he uh, one of the quotes I underlined in his book was the he had three U.S. president quotes, and all mm. three of them were emphasizing the Bible, uh, uh, saying uh, things like, uh, Abraham Lincoln said the Bible's the best God gift God ever gave us. Mm -hmm. uh, another uh, U.S. president um, saying that it's the first book he taught his children how to read. He himself read through it once a year. I'm like, wow, there's a U.S. president reading through his Bible once a year. I'm like, I'm not sure if every Christian is doing that. I mm -hmm. hope they are, but... Yeah. Um, and so here's a U.S. president who would have, a, uh, I would imagine, a fairly heavy workload and still finding time to read through the Bible. So, uh, hey, they understood yeah. what you're what you're saying. So, um, yeah. So we had food and education, and then yeah. you were mentioning politics. Yeah, there. He, he gets quite involved in politics and talks about which again, this is invigorating stuff because we've seen. Um, We've seen how, uh, you know, it was Christians involved in British Parliament that, that uh, you know, ended slavery or certainly were uh, influential in ending slavery or part of the process. Um, uh, passing laws, he talks about um, the American Constitution. I don't really understand a lot about that, but I, I do see the value. And we've heard, obviously, we know now in the day in which we live, it's, uh, in the U.S., for sure, it's the Constitution that's under attack, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so he talks about how it was the Bible that that they used to write the Constitution. It's mm -hmm. law, and again, this is uh, the law of God as it's revealed in the book of Genesis, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he, he even sees, and we do too, the law uh, way earlier than the, just the Ten Commandments given. You know, there was a law given to man in the garden, a commandment. So uh, he shows how... how um, uh, the lawgivers in in Western civilization based all that on the scripture. So that's uh, he's done a lot of research, and so that's useful to have. I think uh, it in one resource to read through. There's lots of things, obviously, lots of things that I've read that he presented. I'm like, I'd like to pursue some of that other. He's got lots of footnotes, lots of uh, quotes. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to read that book too someday. So it's uh, it's a it's definitely a usable resource with regards to that. So we've mentioned uh, food and education and then politics. Uh, are there other high points that you would say from the book in your reading? Yeah. Um, you know, he spends a fair amount of time developing family. And, um, you know, uh, he, he talks about, uh, you know, Abraham in Genesis as a model for teaching, uh, teaching his children. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he then goes on to talk about how uh, in the United States of America, 40% of children are raised in a fatherless home. Mm. Uh, I think that's uh, other parts of the nation. It's even higher than yeah. that. Yeah. And so he says how detrimental that is. But that's not uh, that's not the foundation that built Western civilization. He said that's the connected with the undermining and the attack of the devil. And so I thought those uh, he again has lots of um, lots of past you know history or uh, lots of documentation quotes lots of experts. And what's interesting is lots some of the experts he quotes are just historians. They're not born-again believers, and they see the same value of this. So this is not something secret right. for it, Christians. We see that in family in general. When when you say, um, what is the best determining factor with you know the children's success? Mm-hmm. Well, you've got this, a stable two-parent home. Mm-hmm. And, and this is interesting because people in our culture today are saying, well, you know, our culture does it this way. Other cultures do it differently. So mm-hmm. what's what's there to say this one's better than that? And can't we, you know, may, we'll just be fluid and change and our culture is changing. It, it is changing. Mm-hmm. And being able to go back and see, well, these principles are in God's word. Mm-hmm. And when we start to tweak these and and go more with, what the world is saying mm-hmm. and we're seeing the effects of it mm-hmm. and even like you said people who aren't born again believers see the effects of mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. see the negative implications to mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think with each of these that you've mentioned we you could overemphasize the what he's talking about by letting that be your foundation. And I thought about it with politics. So this idea that like, I'm going to get into politics and be a, you know, sub point Christian, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of the other way around Mm -hmm. where it's, I'm a Christian Mm -hmm. and that affects the way I interact, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian. Therefore I feed my neighbor, Mm -hmm. right? I'm a Christian. Therefore I care about, Mm -hmm. you know, how, the 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 way things are going mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so i i think that's an important emphasis which is the actual emphasis right what's affecting right. what right uh, in that right. situation yeah yeah excellent um would you with this resource would you um say that this is particularly good for a certain type of person um or would you would you basically open it up and say this is a great book anyone who decides to put their time into this book it's well worth the read uh he himself and his wife their ministry was working with the no caste people the outcasts Mm -hmm. in india and so he his wife his family uh his parents his children uh poured their life into this work and so uh, I can't imagine that it isn't beneficial for anybody, and and he would talk about that. He would include, um, uh, he would include fathers. He would talk about mothers. He would talk about husbands, wives. He would talk about, uh, you know, this idea of of the serving the Lord by serving others is mm-hmm. is 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 everybody's mission. Mm-hmm. It's all every Christian's mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would say it's actually beyond that, but um, yeah, I, I would say I would think it's perfect. It's a, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a tough read. It's probably a bit lengthy but um uh 
it's interesting. And so I say invigorating for yeah. sure. And with each of the these themes that we've been talking about, uh, does one build on the other? Or could I take this book, read through a section on like the food, that, that idea of feeding my neighbor, and then put it down with a lengthy book? Sometimes I can't motor all the way through it could i read a section come back to it read another section or does it all is there like a flow of thought? i think there's a flow of thought i know okay. i know what you're you're saying some books definitely lend themselves to that um so this is what i would call a spring break book yeah uh, when yeah. i know i've got a a period of time yeah uh, i'm gonna sit down and chew my way through it yeah right yeah yeah i think that's right because he does build on his in his thought flow for sure okay okay good yeah um, another thought I had just with this idea of family that I had heard that I've heard before is um, with family, uh, it, God has given us a microcosm of the world, mm -hmm. and so uh, this idea of of loving others of, of you know we talk about uh, marriage is romantic, and the more you helplessly fell in love the more romantic it is and he says if that's true then your family is even more romantic because mm -hmm. you helplessly was were thrown into it by right. birth right and so here you know um the world is selfish well so is your cousin gene or mm -hmm. you know and and mm -hmm. the world is full of proud people well so mm -hmm. is uncle mike you know mm -hmm. and so you've got all these mm -hmm. if if i can if i can be a good christian uh, follow christ in loving my family that has prepared me for loving my neighbor loving the yeah. world yeah 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 that's good uh yeah just a little thought on on those good familial roles good um, so if uh, someone's listening and they say, this sounds really interesting, um, what sort of, you went into it with a, a certain mindset from this recommendation of uh, by your friend, um, and you said there are a few tough sections in it. Uh, what what suggestions or recommendations would you give to someone starting out? Like, do I need to get my notepad ready and and work through it um through the strenuous parts or how what recommendations would you give uh okay well um okay that's that's an excellent question i for me personally i keep reading okay. i i um if there's parts i don't understand i keep reading and i think that uh that this book works for that when i say okay. the the tough parts there's a lot of so-called philosophy and mm -hmm. uh philosophical views and i'm not familiar with all of that i mean he quotes uh quotes all the you know the names you hear aristotle and and i don't know much yeah. about all those guys yeah. but those guys we know had a world view uh they definitely had an influence uh he talks lots about that because of where he's from in india he's very fit, uh, familiar with uh muslim worldview he dealt with lots of muslims and so he understands how those things i don't really understand a lot of that but i can push through that i don't mm -hmm. feel like it really uh, affects the book as a whole Good. Uh, it would be nice to understand some of that stuff yeah. someday i'm just not ready for that now yeah. i guess would be does that answer yes yeah it, he has a strong enough thought flow you can follow it right. without having to grab every technical phrase or right. idea right right yeah yeah good good and um You've got a digital copy, it I looks do. like. Yeah. Um, is it available 
in, or, yep, both. Uh, in both physical and we'll make sure to put a link uh, for people in the description mm -hmm. if they'd like to uh, access mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I like about it is uh, at the beginning he starts with a testimony of what he's doing and so uh, you know like all of those examples, when you see what the person is doing, uh, what the Lord has given him to do and what he's doing, I'm like, that's very appealing. Uh, not that I could do it, but I certainly want to be the person who would be able to minister to the outcasts and the mm. poor. And, and so he's doing that, and so it's interesting. Or, I mean, I say, so he starts with a testimony of what he, his ministry was, and I say, well, that's very appealing. Yeah. How does he get there? Right. And so that's really what he's he's working at, is that it's the Bible that... Uh, the Bible is any but only the only hope for mm. being able to work with uh, people nobody else would work with, and, mm. and it's way beyond that, obviously. But uh, so I think it, it's it's captivating or uh, certainly invigorating right from the beginning because he starts with testimony. So I say it, it's quite readable. Yeah, I think good, good. That's always helpful. You know, there's some good books. Yeah, they've got good meat, but it's hard plowing just because of the readability of it right but it's nice when you find one where that's not a concern right. that's not a right. speed bump yeah right um so you you use the word invigorating um and uh w would you say that has been the biggest benefit for you kind of the the stimulation of of practically applying this into your own life well, okay, so, all right, this this was one of the things when I talked food at the beginning. I'm not yeah. sure that's the exact order he starts, but when, uh, you know, he emphasizes food, I'm like, food? I'm like, okay, well, I can see, actually, if I count words in Genesis 1 and 2, food's important. Yeah. Uh, I can see Joseph is the savior of the world because he fed the world. I mean, that's how he right. saved the world was yeah. by feeding the world. I know we've all, we always say that... Um, you know, those are spiritual truths. We say, mm -hmm. well, yeah, we know that, but they were actual physical things to physically right. fed the world. Uh, then I, then I, then I move from there. I'm like, okay, well, you know, the only miracle recorded in all four gospels is the feeding of the 5,000. Mm. I'm like, well, that's the Lord feed, physically feeding. So you have that. Acts chapter six, you know, the, the deacons, we talk about deacons in the yep. New Testament church. Yep. Their first responsibility was feeding mm. people feeding the widows yeah that's what it says serving tables and so there's whatever all that means that's about feeding people yeah. too so i mean we have the gospels we have the acts um you know the the fool said uh you know the the uh his summary of the rich life is eat drink and be merry that's what he said eat drink and be merry your barns are full uh paul says to timothy you know with food and raiment to be content. So, I mean, actually, there's lots about food. So, I'm like, so when I say invigorate, I'm like, I don't know that I've ever kind of put mm. those ideas together before. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I know the command to, to love my neighbor, but, uh, hey, he's talking about just feeding them and then using, as I said, uh, people from uh, real American history who did that. Mm. Hey, you know, yeah. uh, I think this is current. You know, we talk about... Uh, current events and whether this this is in the thing you know in the video or not it doesn't matter but um you know the war in ukraine you know what ukraine is ukraine is the breadbasket of europe yeah most of the food uh to over 20 percent of the food in europe comes from ukraine so i mean we can say it's about 
uh, the UN or it's about uh, it's about energy. Hey, right. it could very well just be about food, mm. right? I mean, that's true too, right? So yeah. uh, when I say invigorating, that's what I mean by that. I think when we see these truths, being able to, um, I like what it says in the Minor Prophets where uh, they're commanded to uh, till up the, the fallow ground, right? The, these are areas where it's we're talking about feeding our neighbors, and it's like, do I do that, right? Examining my own heart in, in that situation. Uh, I see this truth. Let me think through this. Let me see, is this what God's telling me to do? If so, how? Mm-hmm. And and how can I do it mm-hmm. right? And then asking him, um, mm-hmm. I think I think yeah, mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very very interesting stuff for sure. I like I said, I I was thinking, man, we should be feeding people. They they did the Salvation Army used to feed. He actually mentions them, and he said the the rebuke or the the negative. That people would use with all these organizations is they've got they've departed from from the truth of what they originally were. He goes, yeah, that that's the human heart. Whatever man is involved in, yeah. there's the tendency to get away from what's what's right and what's uh, true. But he's, that's what all those organizations started out to do is to help people. The money that was funded into the Salvation Army was for to help the poor and to feed feed your neighbors. Hmm. And so, uh, I. Th- think there is room in my own life to do it more that's the point Hmm. is to help somehow find a way to bake for my neighbor yeah or whatever have them over for a meal Mm -hmm. we see um god giving the institution of the family Mm -hmm. that we're to care for our own family yeah and then the institution of the church that we should care for the brethren but then also that we would be god's body yeah to care for others and then he gives the institution he he raises up leaders in government yeah and you can almost see uh, concentric circles yeah that if someone is in a family and their family can't or doesn't care for them yeah the next circle out the church should care for them right and if we fail as the church to care for others Next one out is the government. Well, all yeah. you see all these government programs now. Right. And that should convict us yeah. that we as the church weren't yeah. looking Amen. after the people in our own communities. Amen. Hey, this book I feel like would would convict me. That's what it convicts me of is what you're talking about. He sees all that and um, sees that that was the strength of Western civilization in the past. That was, I think, is the soul of western civilization it's life blood it's livingness yeah yeah well i i think you know in this podcast as we think about you know enjoying the book of life and how our own life uh is pulled back to this idea of the incorruptible seed Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that's the word of god that's been planted in us Mm -hmm. and and returning to that source Mm -hmm. and saying um, are there areas that are seen in the word of god that need to be growing up 
and I, I like that really I, that that idea you know where here you are you're reading this book and as a result of it it pulls you back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Let me go examine these chapters in Genesis again. Mm-hmm. Let me look for these connections. And I think that's uh, a good testimony for that book mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think good resources should bring you back to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and just that mindset, too. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not a good resource, we should be going back and mm-hmm. saying, hang on, that doesn't fit. Or, mm-hmm. oh, I see this. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord revealed that to this person, mm-hmm. but I'm checking it. You know, and, and again, when we look at things like history, philosophy, culture, those things, they can get a little foggy, right? When we're doing our own thinking about it. But being able to say, okay, but God... God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Mm. Let me see how these thoughts check in with God's thoughts. You know. mm. um, let's see. I think that was all my questions. Is there anything else? No, no, no. Uh, that's good. I think that covers it. Um, he does talk about a lot about language, which is just, uh, that's interesting for reading. You know, how the language of the Bible has formed the languages of cultures. Like, mm. uh, uses the, obviously, Martin Luther and the German Bible that formed Germany. Mm. Uh, its culture was formed from the Bible, and he would talk about the advancements, you know, that Germany made over other nations. I'm not talking about World War Two or any of that but the languages that's well, interesting stuff and i think just bringing up the world wars i think that's important and a lot of times people again looking at history and culture they'll say oh look at all the dark spots mm-hmm. with christianity mm-hmm. through history and culture mm-hmm. and when you trace it back you you see the true root behind yeah. them you know yeah. because um I, t- I teach a world war ii unit yeah. and one of the students he asked, well, hang on, like Germany, they profess to be Christians. Wouldn't, would Adolf Hitler, was he a Christian? Right. And so, good question. Let's do some research. Do a little research. And there's a good quote by Joseph uh, Goebbels, mm-hmm. who is uh, the minister of propaganda. Mm-hmm. And he stated, I, I, it was a private uh, entry where he states that, uh, the religion of the Fuhrer was nationalism. Mm. Now that was what he held to religiously mm-hmm. was the na- you know this idea of, of nationalism. Mm-hmm. And so when we dig down mm-hmm. into those areas, we again, like the Salvation Army, where you're saying that the way of man is to go its own way, to go astray, mm-hmm. um, that's why we need to go back to the word. And right. it's, we're not, putting our faith in a Christian politician or a Christian culture or a Christian country, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But we're seeing that wherever the Bible has made impacts Mm -hmm. on those things, Mm -hmm. it's been for the the benefit. It's not that politics has been a benefit alongside with the Bible. It's whenever the Bible has... That yeah. light has shone into any of these corners that yeah. always seems so dark. Yeah. We've seen the, the, the light triumph. Mm. Yeah. Have you read the book? I haven't. Okay. No. Well, you're talking like you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would assume 
that as I read it, that this is, uh, you know, what he's saying people know. Like a lot of stuff I read him, like I've heard your dad say it, for instance. Mm. He's said these things. And so he's quoting lots. And so he's just compiled it in a different way, but it's the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he talks nationalism and yeah. and uh, talks about the religion of the fear. So, I mean, people, this is accessible to people. Yeah, And, you know, even some of the quotes that he had or this the ideas i google them to see and sure enough this stuff comes up i mean yeah. this is what people know this i guess they just uh, they don't read it or sorry people could know it right but they don't does he have a good good set of references yes good yeah good that's always helpful especially yeah. when looking at and quoting like those historians and yeah yeah things that you, yeah. you mentioned yeah so that is that is a helpful resource within mm-hmm. the book mm-hmm. um Good, good. And again, these are topics. A lot of times people say, eh, it's a little heavy, mm-hmm. right? And you've said some of these topics, just as you've read them, mm-hmm. are heavy, right? Mm-hmm. But you would say that the central theme of it all mm-hmm. has been beneficial mm-hmm. despite the heavy portions through it. Right. Uh, I've met uh, Christians in my life and I said, I don't know how they got there, but where they're at is where I want to be. Mm. And then I've maybe met others. I'm like, I'm not sure how they got there, but I'm not sure that's where I want to end up. Mm. And so uh, that's what I read. When I read him, I'm like, the journey he's on, what he's doing, I want to do that. Mm. And I know that uh, serving uh his case serving the no caste uh, untouchables in India is not a default position meaning mm-hmm. if I just leave myself and don't do anything that's not where I'm going to end up yeah. right so I want to be uh, proactive figuring out how he got to where he got so I'm reading in this case his book and so see his thinking I say yeah I can see it that that his point which others have said is that doctrine how i think forms how i behave doctrine forms behavior yeah yep. and so that's it i mean what he believes affects how he acts yeah we're transformed by the renewing of our minds right. yeah right yeah and um with uh when you're saying i see how the things he's done based on his testimony his written yeah. testimony uh i was doing a podcast earlier this year and uh he the person i was interviewing made the statement to listen to you know he when he's talking about the elderly and how older christians made a big impact on his life mm-hmm. and he said if you see older people you kind of get to see the impact of their beliefs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know how how did they end up as a result of mm-hmm. their beliefs? Mm-hmm. And then that's a good uh, mm-hmm. litmus test whether or not to to listen mm-hmm. to their advice. Right. Yeah, right. And and again, it's not oh well, they're they're nice. They're a nice right. person. Right. It's, do I see Christ in them? Right. Right. That. Right. The aroma of Christ. Right. Uh, do I get a whiff of it? Right. And uh, and being able to see that. Yeah. And again pointing us back to the Word of God, pointing us to those Christian principles. Uh, one of the things I think about, again, with this idea of um, doing good to our neighbors, when Paul comes to the apostles and is double-checking the gospel 
or, or yeah, the apostles. He, mm-hmm. he meets up mm-hmm. with the apostles mm-hmm. and he says, okay, this is the gospel that Christ taught me. And they say, yes, that's, that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't forget good works, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It take care of, take care of those who need it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, if there's, you know, what we emphasize, we need to be, have the gospel locked down tight. That needs to be clear in our minds. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we forget the, oh, but make sure you're doing good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, that that evidence. Yeah. 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 Good. Well, yeah, very good. And uh, All right, well, that's all we got then. Yeah. Good. Very good. Thanks. uh, Thank you for doing this.